0: Welcome to Conservative Patriot Nation, new members and returning members. Tonight we have another awesome Gold Star mom joining us and we will show the lack of leadership because what happened should have never happened. And before we start the show, I'd like to recognize a couple of our sponsors. I'd like to recognize Mike Lindell in my pillow. Mike Lindell has been a guy that's been putting on a good fight. He's been exposing so much in this country and we can see so many big chains that are just trying to drop my pillow and with the patriot support we keep him and his employees operating and not all his employees are conservatives or republicans they're democrats as well but they also love freedom and they're working pretty hard so if you can go to mypillow.com and use promo code cpnn you'll get up to 66 percent off your purchase And Mike Lindell is a patriot that is fighting for all Americans. It's not if you're Democrat or Republican, he's exposing so much. And if we don't have a fair election, we don't have a country. Um, It's not about people getting selected. The rightful winner should be getting elected. So if you can go to MyPillow and use promo code CPNN, you'll get up to 66% off your purchase. And last but not least, I'd like to recognize the late great Dr. Zelenko. Uh, a time where people were living in fear, didn't know what was going on. And um, a lot of people were losing their lives. He took action and, and he he followed listening to our Father God. And he saved a lot of lives, even though that these evil people were trying to make it harder for him to save lives, it didn't stop him. And he left us some gems. And if you go to zstacklife.com and use promo code CPN, you'll see all the great products he left us. And they also have a product for kids as well. And um, please uh, check that out because the way things are going, we may need to stock up on some of that material. And that website is zstacklife.com, promo code CPN. And last but not least, I'd like to introduce Cheryl. Cheryl, thank you for joining us tonight.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: Yes, it it, it I was led by God um, because a lot of Americans have, you know, that whole tragedy that happened in Afghanistan, it kind of came and then the American people have been pounded with so much distraction. I think a lot of people forgot about it. And and God said, you know, you, you got to reach out to some of these Gold Star families and bring them on because this is something that that can't be forgotten and, and something needs to be done. So I really want to thank you for joining us.
1: I appreciate you having me on. I believe the same thing. I think that um, they wanted the situation to be pushed away so quickly and there was instant diversion from it.
0: Absolutely. Can, can you go in and, and tell us uh, a little bit about your son and um, how it, it led up to that day and, and how did you find out?
1: Um, Dylan was actually deployed to Jordan and they were supposed to be on their way home from their deployment. When in two weeks or the two weeks leading up to the August 26th, they were diverted and sent over to afghanistan to assist in the evacuations
0: wow so could you tell us a little bit about dolan um like his childhood his passion to to want to serve this country and um when you want to join the marines you definitely are joining to uh protect this nation and and only Thick-skinned people can do that. So, could you uh, give us a little bit background of Dolan and, and his passion to become a Marine? Man,
1: Dylan's passion started at a very young age. Um, uh, I was a single mom since 2004. His father had actually passed away when he was two years old, and. Um, it was just the three of us. It was his older brother, Brandon, Dylan, and myself. And of course, you know, when I, when you lose someone, your instant reaction is to bottle up. Well, I had two little bit babies at home and it took a while for us to change that environment and get them active in sports. And, um, I bought a bunch of stuff for the backyards that they had their own area. Um, They grew up just playing outside, hiking, fishing, camping, dirt bike riding. We had quads. Um, They would jump from the trampoline to the pool. I mean, there's just normal kid interactions. Um, I became the, I guess, Kool-Aid house. All the neighbor kids would always come over. So our house was always filled with children. Um, Dylan enjoyed every moment of it. He lived life to the fullest. he was active in sports since he was three. They put him in soccer to begin with just to see how he would partake with, you know, other children. And he thrived in it. Um, Dylan also learned how to shoot guns with my dad. So they would um, shoot BB guns in the backyard. They would go out to the desert and shoot out there as well. Um, Dylan was about five years old when that movie, War of the Worlds, came out. And as a mother, you always try to get your kids to watch Disney or cartoons. Well, my son decided that his favorite movie was going to be War of the Worlds. And he started watching nothing but the military channel, um, Discovery channels. He just, I don't know. I knew from a very, very young age his passion and desire um and then it never stopped his whole life i knew when he was 10 11 it never changed um he ultimately decided his senior year um of high school it was during winter vacation and that two week period when he came home and said mom i have an appointment set up for you to meet with the recruiter i'm joining the marine corps and i looked at him and i said can we talk about this first? And, you know, can we talk about going to college and, you know, let's, let's do all these other things. And he said, well, if you help me now, I have seven months to, to work with the Marines and do PT and train with them. So if you help me sign up now, then um, I'll be just that much more ahead. So, I had the recruiter over and I said, Okay, we'll we'll talk to him. And it was about three, four hours into it. I kept questioning and he said, We've got a whole plan. Um Dylan will leave in August. He was not gonna leave right after like immediately after high school. He'll graduate from boot camp and then when he graduates from boot camp, he'll be home in time for the holidays. Um he gave that it was a great Speech, I guess, um, I knew Dylan was going to join with or without my support, and I ultimately was going to support my child and whatever his endeavors were going to be and he would have joined no matter what it was just both my boys were very adamant about joining the Marine Corps
0: wow, that's awesome i I, I got to give it to him <clears throat> during the uh Afghanistan war. I was gonna join the Marines and I, I was set to meet the recruit recruiter recruiter and everything. And um my sister in law and my brother like just like you sat him down, sat me down and uh I guess they got to me. But I was all set. So I, I gotta say Dylan uh definitely was a pretty pretty strong drive kid. That's 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 really awesome. Um now let's go into one the, the the Gold Star families you guys met in Dover, correct?
1: Yes. Um the planes actually were arriving in different states. Um uh the first time I met a couple of the families was at a first stop in Utah. So some of the families they had um got on planes and we met at a USO in Utah and uh, maybe three, four of us were actually there. Um, It was very hard. We didn't know each other. Um, Just trying to introduce each other and meet each other and get to know, you know, whose parent was to which kid. And, just solemnness. nobody was really talking at that time um we didn't know what to say to each other because we were all going through it at the same time um ultimately when we did arrive in dover it was all 13 families
0: now when you guys got into dover because i mean it was pretty viral on telegram and and there was a lot of pissed off patrons I'll, i'll tell you that uh when we saw the picture with um I'm not going to call him president. I'm just going to say uh, Sleepy was looking at his watch when when you guys were there in Dover. How was he? Did he show any compassion? Did he, you know, say sorry for your loss? Like, could you shed light on how um, Sleepy was when you guys were there?
1: Um, honestly, we were woke, We woke up in the morning. We stayed in a hotel. We woke up in the morning, and they took us on a bus to. Um, the airbase. we had no idea what, you know, what was transpiring. They put us in this room and, um, kind of separated the families in like these little cubby areas. I guess everybody was kind of, I don't know, with their own family. And some of us started to get impatient and we're like, why are we still sitting here? What is going on? What are we waiting for? Kept saying, aren't we supposed to be outside? Like the plane's going to show up. Shouldn't we be waiting outside for the plane to arrive so we can see when our kids come home, like we, that's how we're going to see them. And they just kept saying, they're staging, they're staging. And I'm like, what are they staging for? They don't need to stage for us to go out there. It was about two and a half hours. We were sitting in this room and everybody's anxiety is going and, um, started to talk to a couple of the other family members. Um, And then they decided to tell us that that person, Biden, was going to be coming into the room. And we had the decision to either meet with him or go into a separate room and not meet with him. Um, My family members chose to go in the room. I stood there by myself and waited. Um, So we were standing in lines, like kind of waiting for him. And he came up to me, I was the first person standing there, and he didn't shake my hand. He didn't say he was sorry. He didn't extend his condolences. He didn't know my kid's name. He had no idea who I was. And he said, I know how you feel. We brought our son home in a flag-draped coffin. (laughs) That was the first thing he said to me. He didn't say anything. It was all about himself. It was all about his child. In the back of my head, we already knew, actually, I knew that his child had already died from cancer. And he was in his 40s like he was an older, that there was no comparison. I wasn't really listening to what he had to say. Um, He had teared me off from the very beginning. And I was just saying, you know, I'm going to stand here for my son. On behalf of my son and my country, it's my duty to stand here and you know take this or whatever and um I know everybody kind of knows that little creepy thing that he does and I'm a very short person I'm five foot and I'm standing there by myself I was listening at some point and he leaned in to do that creepy ear thing where he gets in, and I backed up and I threw my hands up and the next thing I knew, I had five Marines behind me holding on to me because I knew I was going to punch him. <laughs> um, after that, I kind of went blank because they sat me down and I said, get him away from me. I want nothing to do with this person. Um, I just I I want nothing. I just wanted to be there for my son.
0: Wow. That just goes to show character. Yeah. Um- <clears throat> you have 13 fallen Marines and you're talking about your son, which passed away from brain cancer. Um, Any death is tragic. Um, God rest his son so, but uh, that's the situation as a leader that you show compassion and leadership. Um, That just goes to show a lot of character. And then on top of it, you know, he wants to do the hair sniffing thing. I mean, that's, that's pretty sad. did, did Trump reach out to you, to the families or to you at all, or?
1: Um, not to me personally. I, I don't know what had happened, but I have my own theories. Um, I wasn't seeing a lot of anything that was going on. So the area I live in is an airfield above us. And the night of the 26th, Um, Everybody in my household, actually my parents' household at the time that was there, our phones all glitched out and I couldn't Google search anything. I couldn't see anything. I wasn't seeing anything that was going on. Um, People on the outside of the home, I guess, were telling me things that were going on, but I was never personally reached out by anybody except for my community, veterans. my local support, I guess. My, I had to call my work, you know, those kinds of people. Um, I had no idea what was really going on on the outside. I, I literally did not leave the house for um, that twenty-four hours. I came to my house. I grabbed a bag. They said to grab an overnight bag that we were going to be leaving at four a.m. on a flight, and that was all I did was come home, grab a change of clothes, and throw it in a bag. So I had no idea what was going on on the outside. I didn't see any of it.
0: Well, I can tell you on his true social, he's been showing a lot of support and love to uh, all the the fallen 13 and for all the families. Um, and hopefully anyone that's watching this, uh, you can send a message to DJT4547 um, to reach out to Cheryl Rex if you can. Um, as we know, Trump originally was talking about pulling out and I'm sure he had a better plan. Do you think if Trump was in that position, that it would have it would have transpired much better than what it did? He did have a plan,
1: and it was a plan in place. And it was nothing—the um, withdrawal, the way it was happening, was not was, was anything that he put into the uh, original plan. Um, first of all, we would have never left Ballgroom. <laughs> that was the first mistake. And I I know just in politics alone and every president and every congressman, they all want to make a name for themselves. And this particular person chose to throw his plan, Trump's plan, away and make it about himself and then change the date to be September eleventh as the final day of the withdrawal. So there's everything that was in place i can't say that it wouldn't have happened under trump's watch um but i do know for a fact that even if something did and people had lost lives during the withdrawal he would have honored them and made sure that the families were respected and spoke about them probably invited us to the white house to give us our purple hearts i mean I met him personally um, recently and uh, I know he's genuine. Um, He cried with us. He felt our grief. He was passionate. He knew our names. He knew about our kids. He watches our interviews. Um, He told me to keep speaking, you know, keep doing them. People need to hear it. Um, His passion and desire for people, is not what is currently going on with this administration. Um, I don't know what would have happened, honestly. I mean, if it even, like I said, if it did, the kids would have been honored, I guess, correctly, and not the way that they were, because they weren't.
0: (laughs) I I totally agree. You know, um, I I, honestly, in my heart, I believe there would have been a better plan um, if there was a spotted threat I believe that that threat would have been okay to be eliminated um from what I hear, there was a spotted threat, and could you go into that like were were the were they told not to interfere with that threat or
1: so what I guess a lot of people don't really realize or understand is that from the minute that we landed there as Americans, there was always a threat. Um, some of them were coming off planes and instantly have a gunfire go past their face. You know, they, they don't, ha- you know, one of them said, hi, welcome to Afghanistan. You know, they, it's not a place where it's a friendly, hi, welcome to <laughs> America. Um, there was that particular day, there was several occasions um they had trucks i seen the trucks i saw the trucks with the guys getting out of them um people don't see those videos anymore they they're disappeared magically um i do believe that even if there was one threat as far as a suicide bomber they would have been allowed to take the shot and of course you know our sniper team um during this administration were told that they weren't allowed to take any shots. Wow.
0: Well, <clears throat> um, yeah, I remember listening to an interview with with Trump and, and, and I just want to make it clear for anyone that watches this interview, this ain't a Democrat or Republican thing. They use the two political party system to divide us and at the end of the day, we are one people. And what we are starting to see and learn, you know, we gotta support real genuine people that are not bought and paid for and people that stand for the Constitution. If there was a genuine Democrat person that stood for the Constitution, I would support that person. And I'm not scared to say that. But listening to some of Trump's interviews, uh, there was a, I believe a uh Middle Eastern uh terrorist guy. Uh, that he sent him a picture of his house and he says, if you lay a hair on America, that will be it. You know, so it, it kind of hurts my heart to hear that it was told to stand down from that threat, because honestly, from heart to heart, I, I believe that that wouldn't have happened with Trump in the leadership realm. Um, I would have protected
1: anybody that was out there, all of our kids. I mean, there's, I think we sent 3,500 of them out there. Um, I mean, they focus on the 13, but we had 3,500 of our American troops out there and none of them ever were acknowledged or appreciated for even being out there and being you know that they were saving all these lives they were never appreciated for that not once
0: you know and that's the sad thing about it it seems like the uh and nothing against ukraine but the Ukrainian soldiers are probably more recognized from the media and this administration than our own soldiers and that's just terrible
1: I posted that when um, that happens, when the Ukraine thing started happening right away. I said, anybody else seeing what's going on over here? What happened to Afghanistan? There's no videos. There's no photos. It's not talked about. Our social medias were shut down. I'd asked some of the other, you know, parents. Um, nothing that we were posting was being seen. People just forgot about us. And if you didn't know us directly or were, you know, local, a lot of people didn't know how to find us or get a hold of us. Um, they had shut down the whole Afghanistan um, situation, and Ukraine took over <laughs> media and everything else so quickly, and you saw videos and pictures and people, and you didn't see anything at all. You couldn't even Google anything that was going on in Afghanistan after that.
0: You know, that's so true, and, and I really I really uh, wanna give thanks to our creator for allowing me to get in contact with you. And we had Shauna on here. Um, I'd like to get all 13 uh, families on here if I can, but you're absolutely right. It seemed like they just shut that down really quick. And um, you, I'm thankful that you guys had that hearing because uh, my admin on here, uh, Valerie, Big shout out. We were streaming, you're hearing. And then my other admin, which is a vet, she's like, you know, we should bring the families on here. And I'm like, yeah, that's why, you know, I've been wanting to do it. But just like you said, it kind of vanished and we were distracted with all this other crap to where it dawned on me. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to get down to it now. I'm, I gotta, I gotta reach out. So I'm really thankful for that hearing. Now, with that hearing, did it seem like something is going to be done? Is there going to be, like, uh, some answers answered? Uh, any justice? Because that, that was very ne- negligent. Like, uh, that can't go unanswered. Um,
1: I feel after, so we met with them. First, we spoke um, on Zoom sessions as a group, and you know, whoever family wanted to participate in it, not all of them participated. Um, and so the first time we met with them, they listened to our stories, they heard us, they had already spoken to several Marines that had been out there. Um, that committee, a lot of them. People don't know either. We're working when it was happening. They were working as civilians or Congress on our side, trying to help the people out there. They were trying to help save the lives and bring them over here. So they were working things. They already knew most of these, most of those people on that committee already knew um, a lot of the story. They didn't need our personal stories I wasn't there and none of the families were there. So we don't have that firsthand experience. They were pretty diligent about speaking with a lot of the Marines prior. Um, I think we had 250 of them submitted stories and spoke with them. And um, their voices are the ones that need to be heard because they're the ones that had to see it. They're the ones that had to live it. They're the ones that, um, and right away, of course, they weren't going to speak. Some of them still aren't going to speak, and that's fine. It Coming back from a situation, I mean, we we learned this back in every war that we've had, World War I, World War II. Um, Most of those people come back, or service members come back, and they're so shaken up or withdrawn from society, they don't want to speak about their experiences. My grandfather is 97 years old this weekend and we never growing up heard his personal stories. He just kind of, yeah, I served, you know, and I was a medic and I did this and that, but he never told us our core stories. It wasn't until, um, my brother and I are 10 years apart until my brother got like way older uh, in his twenties when he started wanting to have some of those stories, but these people our military, I can't keep seeing these people. When they come back, they're so mentally unstable from what they've seen and what was actually happening. The last thing they're going to do is run out and go tell everybody about it. Um, I personally had a different experience on a lot of them because I live close to the base. So when the boys, uh, the Marines, sorry, they're boys. Um, when they came home, The first thing I did was go down to the base to be present for when they came home. And I felt that that was a huge bonding experience for me, even though I cried and I was on the floor and, you know, it broke my heart that my son wasn't coming running up to me, but these other Marines did. And um, that bond of, a, a mom and parent. I don't, they're not my children. I can't, I can't even say that, but knowing and seeing it in their eyes and knowing the pain that they were going through, um, all I knew what to do was take them on and be there for them and
0: listen to their stories. Yeah, that's, I, I do plan on bringing um, the Marines on so they could be heard. Um, if you're in contact with any of them, you know please let me know you got my contact information D- Did you feel that like something there's gonna be answers answered when you when you went to that hearing, or was it just a platform for the families to be heard?
2: um
1: so the first like I said the first meeting they were telling us you know the things that they they're already ahead of you know, what they say to us. So when it comes down to a hearing, they've already got their investigation part for that hearing set up and we may not know exactly what it's going to entail. Um, I do. I feel like they're trying really hard to get the initial ugh, redacted, lied, covered up, Um, investigation report that we received um, to get that unclassified because the American people
2: even us
1: we don't know what's actually in that initial report that when we got everything was blacked out we'd see like one little five words and then they'd say oh well you can kind of make it out if you could read it then you'll know you know if it's a captain or a colonel and it's like no, how do we know who's saying what we don't you've had the whole thing that we got was blocked out. So um, I, I think with them getting some of it um, unclassified, I know that they were able to uh, have a private setting. And I know they publicly said that where they were able to read some of the report. But it, it's not something that's public and it won't be public. And I don't feel that it's going to be public with this administration. They're going to hold back. Um, probably till the twenty twenty four, which, you know, we weren't persistent in the very beginning. Some of us were. Some of us wanted answers right away and we we're speaking and trying and we were being shut down every outlet we possibly could. And if you interview would last, I don't know, thirty seconds and it was just to introduce ourselves or talk about our kid for five seconds. Um, but they weren't listening to our, our true stories or anybody else. I think with Congress, we had to wait for, you know, Republican, which I don't know why. It um, I've been one of the few families that have said the situation should never have been a Republican or a Democratic situation. This was failed by the administration and by a person. And I'm going after the person, not because of Republican or Democrat. We had to wait, though, because the Democrat side would... They're the ones who shut us down and they're the ones who made it political. They're the ones. So when people in the, in the public on the outside, I, you know, some of those things that I was being shown, everything was, you know, FJB and the blood is on their hands and all that. So the world was already blaming him. They didn't need us to speak for that because everybody was already doing that. And then that's where it became political. So when the Republican took over House um, is when they started to really be able to work through that. And it should never, ever be a, a Democrat or Republican thing, whether I'm Republican or not, that my personal experience and my son, he was out there fighting for, you know, people's lives And he didn't care what their ethnicity was. He didn't care what they looked like. He didn't care, you know, if they're they're a Republican or Democrat. Those kids did not care who they they were as long as they were saving a life. And these people made it that way. So, yes, I do feel that they're going to get progress. It may take some time. Um, That's the hard part on the family. I can't speak for them, but hearing some of them the hardest part is waiting because some of the stuff we've already known about and people don't know and we want people to know we've i've known you know a lot of the truth since the beginning because the boys came home and as soon as they came home all these marines were being told go spend time with the families if you want to go travel to another state to go see the families be with them be you know help them talk to them tell them stories about their kids so these These Marines not only were grieving, but they were allowed to come and it stopped. It instantly just went into okay, you can't just go there anymore. You can't tell them. And they, you know, you can't tell them what you think you thought you heard and what you think you thought you saw is no longer true. So all their stories that were already being told were now being covered up. And I think that's what those, you know, people of the the committee, they had already been speaking to some of these boys. So they're really passionate on, on getting that information out there. Time frame, I don't know how long that's going to take. I want to say, you know, I want people to know right now. I want people to know two years ago. Um, but it's what they're going to allow to be seen, apparently.
0: Well, that's awesome that they're They're passionate. And I also agree with you on how they're turning this political, you know, those guys went out there to do the ultimate sacrifice. Anyone that puts on a uniform is sacrificing themselves um, for our freedoms. And there should never be nothing political. And on here, we we've, we've been streaming like all the hearings. So they did one on the border, and uh, we've had Tammy Nobles on here. Her daughter was murdered by an illegal immigrant. Um, and what's crazy is when they have these hearings, instead of Democrats working with Republicans and just having morals and compassion, they turn it into a political circus. Oh, you guys are just doing this because you guys are mega extremists and you're doing this for Trump's presidency and you're just blah, 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 doing a political stunt while you you have this grieving mother sitting here telling her story on what the negligence of allowing all these people just to come in here that's not vetted ultimately took her daughter's life and i agree with you you can't turn these american situations political because it's not political your job is to go serve us and that's that's terrible and i'm just glad to hear that those guys had some compassion and i honestly believe something will be done on this And, and i think all these hearings that we're having is to bring information to the public for future events that may unfold. And, and like you said, I think they have their own time when they're really going to do things. That's um, a part sh-
1: of all this with, that they have told us that, you know, us who have chosen to speak and who have chosen, um, we can make differences because a lot of the written documentations on how the military has been run have been the same for like 200 years. There's been no changes. And here we are in today's society and these people that sign up for us, for, for me, like my whole life, I've had people signed up, you know, to protect my freedom. Um, Those, those things have never been changed so they're still living under these conditions that needed to be changed a long time ago and each war is different so even with this being the 20 year rule the beginning of this war was completely different than what was transpiring the whole 20 years people weren't being shot daily they were you know the the deaths and the things that were occurring during the 20 years was mainly um I think extortion 17 might've been one of the worst ones, but um, you know, some of these military service members were stepping on IEDs, walking in the fields and walking through the deserts and stuff like that. They weren't physically under combat situations. <laughs> so we controlled Afghanistan to a point where there was no true, I guess, war situation And what happened in August was redacting back to what was September 11th. And it was one extreme to the next.
0: You know, I agree. Um, It's really crazy, too. Something that I didn't bring up is (laughs) I don't think they left. What was it? Eighty five million dollars worth of military equipment to uh, opposition.
1: Um, currently I believe that China took over, um, Bagram is what I heard <laughs> and that didn't come with the Marine, like the service members that, that came from national TV. Um, what was the truth? Did Biden make some deal and say, we'll withdraw and leave everything there? I mean, there's a fine line there. What's we got to go back past August 26th you're going to get to the bottom of any source this goes back to when he first took over office when he first you know didn't follow a plan for afghanistan he pushed afghanistan away for what six months before he decided oh i forgot i think that we're supposed to withdraw soon well if you get into that technicality my technicality that i keep trying to emphasize to people um is we were withdrawing There's a huge difference with withdrawing. If we were withdrawing and we left and our last planes that were flying out of Afghanistan, out of Bagram, flying out. Our military service members were compassionate to the people that we were leaving there because they were desperately trying to get out. They sent us back in. So it went from a withdrawal or, um, with uh, withdrawal to an evacuation within what, two days. I mean, people don't even focus on that aspect of it. They just, the whole thing's a withdrawal, the whole thing's a, you know, no, there's, there's a fine line on those dates and timing where it went from, okay, we're leaving, we're out like, bye-bye, we're gone to let's send in 3,500 more people and then have a whole nother operation that you weren't prepared for They were not prepared for an evacuation.
0: Right, and you made a good point. It's like, uh, did Biden make a deal? I mean, who leaves $85 million worth of military equipment? It would be nice if you bought a house and the, the past owners just left all their furniture and their silver bars in a drawer. I mean, that would be wonderful. Oh, uh, that's that's pretty crazy to leave that in the hands of an enemy.
1: I don't know who would do it. I mean, but oh wait, I forgot. Taliban was our friends during the withdrawal.
0: Right. They were holding um,
1: security for our military members. <laughs> They're right. our
0: friends. I, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, when I heard that. I'm like. Wow, something something doesn't smell right here. And, and uh I, I don't know. For many years they just thought Americans were stupid. And I wanna thank Trump because um he allowed me to see things by constantly saying fake news, fake news, fake news. I'm like, I didn't get upset, but I'm like, why is he saying fake news? Why did he kick the reporter out the press room? And then I'm like, Oh, I see, because they they take a clip and they edit it and then they make him look they make him look terrible but when you go watch the full clip you're like wait a minute these guys are dirty so like they don't realize america's not sleeping anymore
1: i hope and i know that you know a lot of veterans um They were our biggest support, at least for me and my family. They were the um, biggest support in our household. Um, The silent majority. Again, none of them were talking and they all have experiences. They all have been in, uh, you know, combat situations and none of them were ever spoken about when they came home either. And that's been my biggest thing is like these, these Marines came home and I know it's not just Marines, but... My son's Marines came home and they were instantly pushed away to the side. (laughs) Like they just, they had no thank yous or appreciation. Hey, you just saved 140,000 people from another country. Let's honor you. Nothing. They got pushed away and told to be quiet and people didn't know who they were. It just sickening. (laughs) Absolutely sickening.
0: Yeah, you know, that's terrible. Like I just uh <clears throat> I took a vacation out west and we went to like Iowa, Nebraska, Wyoming, South Dakota, and every time I saw a veteran, I just went up to them and I thanked them for their service. Um, because they're they don't get appreciated a lot. Um and they've sacrificed like they've put their life on the line for our freedom and just during the 2020, seeing the sports not caring about that flag, disrespecting every veteran that's spending money to, to watch the game, it, it's just it's a slap in the face. And those Marines that you know that will come on the show, please let them know and, and reach out to me. I would love to bring them on here because this is something that needs to be heard. But what I would like to ask you, <clears throat> could you share any stories that your son may have shared with you uh, in Afghanistan? Did he, you know, meet the kids, hang out with the people? Um, did he share any stories while he was out there?
1: Honestly, these, he was excited to go help. And I know it sounds weird. um, As a mom, you know, sitting back here going, no, don't go to Afghanistan. Like, come home. Um, These boys desire to go help. And Dylan's conversations with me and seeing some of the stuff, the kids were everywhere. They were asking for help, these babies. And, you know, they weren't allowed to talk to really the women. But um, the stuff they saw out there and they controlled it. Um, I know when they first got there that the chaos part when but I think it took them 27 hours, 20 something hours and when the marines arrived they had a system and instead of people just flocking everywhere they created a system to be able to have a barrier and then go through people with passports and documentation. They you know blue blue paper here it is, you know but before, when they first got there, there was just people everywhere. Um, I personally didn't speak to my son the last couple of days of it. Um, and then, of course, on August 26th, I called his phone probably, I don't know, 47 times, I think it was. I think I counted. Um, Sent him a million text messages. Hey, Dylan, like, you just can you just send me a text real quick? Can you just let me know you're Okay. Um, his phone was on all day long. And then all of a sudden it just turned off and I thought, okay, I'm just gonna wait a second. Maybe I called too many times and I drained his battery. I, you know, um, I want to know what's on his phone. That's a huge thing. I did receive his phone. So, um, but we don't have access to anything on it. Uh, they removed SIM cards, stuff like that. And Dylan was the kind of kid that he'd get so excited. Mom, I can't wait to show you this video. I can't wait to show you. I can't. There's so many photos and me and my friends, and da 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 da. The photos that I was getting after August 26th was coming for the Marines that did come home. And those are the photos that I was seeing um, on all my social media. I have the same profile photo. And it's become like my known photo is that was Dylan's last photo. Um, It was actually taken August 26th, um, a few hours before the attack. So, you know, I know a lot of these, there's a lot of things that people don't know that are going on. Um, I've seen things on some of those phones that I can't erase out of my head. Um so if I as a mom sitting here I'm traumatized from seeing it, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. Imagine a 19, 20, 21 year old who was actually physically there seeing it firsthand. Um the way they treated the children, the way they treated the women, these these men were just beating them in front of people. I Dylan wasn't going to tell me the bad parts of it. He just kept saying, Yep, yeah, we're working, mom. Yeah, you know, we're doing good. Um, he was always just a positive person. So I had to hear the <laughs> bad parts of it from other serv- service members that were actually out there. Because my son right. was never bad
0: right the last thing he wants to do is um tell you some bad things that's going on there and that's total (laughs) understandable (laughs) um as we're almost approaching our mark i'd like to ask you um because i know you you got time to think and, and you probably thought of a million things and this channel here we would love to help in any way and this group you're an admin here now. Um, you can come here and share information and hop on our chats anytime you want. Thank you. What What do you see that the American people, like what could we do to help? Could we write letters to some of the uh, senators, people in Congress? Because um, if we flood them with, with notes that we want something done for the Gold Star families and, and we want answers answered, Um, could that be a a solution? What do you think that we can do?
1: I do believe so. Um, I have heard that they've been receiving a lot of, um, push from the, from the public, I guess, um, into Congress. Hey, what's going on? Hey, you know, you're going to wait three months to have these families out there again. Like, let's go. You started something like, I know, keep, Keep the pressure on Congress, because if we don't keep the pressure on them, we might just fade away again. Um, I have some personal issues with my own state. I mean, my city Congress, I guess, my district Congress. That man will not even speak to me. Um, He sent me a text message one time, and it was over a situation. But on the national level, Congress. And because Biden, we sent letters to him, we actually requested to have a meeting with him the two times we were in D.C., no response, no nothing. And if he's not going to meet with us, like, I don't even care if anybody ever sent him a letter ever again. Um, but keep up on Congress. Our Congress, I know they're diligently trying. There's a lot that they're they're working on. And it's not just Afghanistan because this administration has ruined our country as a whole. So they've got a lot of things going on, but they read everything. They, they, their emails, they're, I mean, they literally tell us, people are constantly telling them, help these families get the answers, help these families. And they, it does work. If we keep the pressure on them, then they keep our situation and Afghanistan in the limelight and our kids won't disappear again.
0: Thank you for that. And anyone that's watching this, this podcast, um, you heard it from Cheryl and you heard it from us. Do the right thing. Send some emails out to the senators. Uh, The senators in California flood their emails and and flood the ones in DC and flood the ones in other States. Um, I know I'm going to flood some, (laughs) some in my state. Uh, I'm, in your shoes i'm in wisconsin um we've got goofy governors um we all saw a fair uh election there was no evidence we all saw that there was no evidence But uh we have saw evidence we saw what happened in michigan with cardboards on the window we've seen uh Poll watchers uh, being called racist and, and getting escorted out of the polling station. Uh, we have a patriot actually on this chat right now that um, exposed uh, election how weak our elections are. And now they want to paint him as the bad guy. Um, he's a patriot and he went to bat for us. And um, a lot of people will, will learn of him. And uh, we've got to give thanks to those people. So I just want to let you know I'm in the same boat uh, a little bit. Uh, We got a goofy state. And uh, we're learning that America has a lot of goofy states.
1: We had four of the 13 here in California. Four. We had one in Northern California and three local. Three in Southern California within an hour and a half of each other. And... Our whole state was nothing. Um, Our governor's horrible. Our, I can't say for, I know my congressman in my district, he wanted my son's name shut down so quickly in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Um, And then it came down to cities and stuff like that. And I wasn't going to let them, you know, I'm watching other states and other families get, you know, their child acknowledged. And Dylan was pushed off to the side um, completely 100%. And that's just my personal experience. I don't know all the other ones, um, but my area, it took a lot of pushing. So they renamed the overpass. They still weren't going to finalize that until new elections came. And they would have pushed me off and pushed me off. And it's like... Everybody's got, you know, stuff going on, and you can't even just put a sign up on the freeway for my son. I don't understand. I knew about it for almost two years before it took a lot of pushing for them to actually get it done. I don't know if they would have done it still.
0: You know, that's sad when um, you see them give a statue and a mirror for George Floyd um but the guys that put on the uniform to do the ultimate sacrifice they did everything they can to try to erase that moment from the consciousness of the people and i i still think that there's a lot of american people that they know about it in the back of their mind but they forgot about it because they're seeing. The craziness with the CRT, the trying to push child mutilation, all this crazy stuff to where they've kind of forgot about Afghanistan. So hopefully anyone that's watching this, this podcast shares it far and wide. And um, thank you for joining us. And, and if there's anything you want to close out with before we go into Q&A, please, uh, this is your platform now to be heard, um, please share it with the people.
1: Um, as far as myself, I am trying really hard because I have a lot of the Marines that I'm watching struggle. Um, they have struggled from the beginning. They don't, they don't have the support. They didn't get the support when they came back. Um, trying really hard on my end to ensure that their future is bright and don't fall into a situation that they can't get themselves out of and trying to encourage them. Um, I actually just opened my nonprofit in honor of Dylan, um, in hopes that we can bring awareness back into the communities and give back to veterans everywhere, um, because they, they're very underappreciated and I know nothing's going to bring my son home to me. Um, But I know something in his name, Dylan would would give back. I mean, he died saving children and men and women. So in Dylan's honor, it's only right that myself and my family just give back to those who we can make a difference in their life. And that's what we're working on right now.
0: Absolutely. Please uh, send me a link to your nonprofit. I'll definitely um, share it on this podcast. Uh, It will be going up on Rumble. Right now, I know Rumble's having um, some issues to where it's been hard for me to upload like our last interview, but it will be there. Your link will be there, your link will be shared on this page and it'll be saved to the pinned messages. Um, And you're absolutely right, but what I've learned in life through tragic situations that at the moment we don't understand but God has a bigger plan for us to make a bigger change. And with your mission to help the veterans is awesome. Because I mean, there's a veteran on this chat. Um, There's a lot of bad things that happens in the VA where veterans are not being respected. Um, I have a relative that told me a story and Um, we were all kind of shedding tears in the vehicle, like it's real serious stuff. So, uh, I want to thank you for that. And I do want to share your nonprofit and I know you wanted to say something. Go ahead.
1: We had 18 wounded come into Camp Pendleton and every single one of them is fighting for their benefits. Um, even some of the ones that were getting out, they weren't getting paid right away and they've got babies at home. um, those kids cry at night. They don't know what to do. They don't, you know, I've got one wounded warrior that just got out and he doesn't have a vehicle. And it's like, I, I can't, I can't get the help fast enough to help them. And there's so many people prior to this situation, but I'm watching it firsthand with just the ones that just came home and they're young kids and they're struggling as if they were in their sixties and, Uh, they should never struggle. (laughs) They were wounded. I wasn't, I wasn't wounded. I'm going to struggle for the rest of my life. But these kids that put their life out there and came home wounded, 18, we can't help 18 of them. Really? I don't understand. (laughs) I really, really don't understand. I've heard, you know, um, the veterans around my community, they are huge support. I've listened to their stories and it just Breaks my heart every time I hear a news story or something that they had to go through when they came back, or even during. Nobody focuses on active duty. I've, that was huge for these kids. Nobody even spoke to them. Their biggest. I asked like two hundred of them. I said, if, if there was something that you could do during your time of active duty, it even goes to the simplest things. As I would come to your house every weekend. Just to have a home cooked meal, simple, right? In in my in my mind, to me, that's something I can provide. You want to come to my house? I'm going to make you a home cooked dinner. Their mental stress that they do on a regular day to day, and then to be in a traumatic situation on top of that. This has been going on for years. This isn't just now. This this system has been broken since before I existed, and it never got fixed. It's time to fix that system for all veterans and for all future veterans, because <clears throat> we're going to have future veterans. <clears throat> Everybody who's, in, you know, the few that are enlisting right now or the ones that are trying to wait their time to get out now, they're soon or possibly going to be veterans. And they never got the support as active duty. So we got to go somewhere. We got to start somewhere in there. Something has to change, and people need to really just help where they can and support the men and women that um, gave you the life. I mean, these people gave me the life that I had with my kids growing up. I I got to go to the store. I got to take them to Disneyland. I got to, you know, be with my kids and have them in sports. I know that I live that life because of the veterans who served before my son. So we owe them as society, as Americans. We owe them everything for how we live our life on a daily basis.
0: You're absolutely right. You know, and that's that's what pisses me off. And and we've been watching these votes and hearings the last couple of days. And um, when you're hearing about, you know, government shutdown and you got the Democrats saying, well, all these federal employees are going to be unpaid and blah, blah, blah. And then I see an article that we are paying the pensions and wages for the Ukrainian government. Yep. Wait a minute. And then you you just shed light on what's going on with the veterans which has been going on for a long time, but I think America's just starting to really awaken as a unit to start seeing this firsthand. It's it's really Well, frustrating when you see that they want to give all this money to another country, but we we have problems here.
1: Right, we need to start here at home. Everything always starts at home. If you're not taking care of the ones here at home, what good are they going to possibly want to give back if they're being treated like crap? Like, I, I. I never expect anything in my life. I never have, I've, you know, been a single mom. I I never asked anybody for anything. I just did my own mom thing with my kids. But I think too, that some of them need to speak and they need to ask for help because the ones that aren't asking for help are the ones who truly need it. And that's hard. And it, as a human I know how hard it is for me to ask for help. I finally, at 44 years old, have came to a conclusion that I had to tell someone the other day, I don't know what to do right now. Can you help me? I need help. And I don't remember ever asking anybody for help. I'm always the one trying to help. And um, I needed help with one of the Marines. And there's things I can't control and There's things that I don't understand. but if you're going to come to me and you're going to tell me yours, you know, you need this and I can't make it happen. I'm going to, I had to ask for help and it's here goes that silent majority and veterans are the silent majority. They're the ones that endure everything for our freedoms here. But when they come out of the, of the military, they want to blend in with society. They don't want to be put it out, and you know this. I mean, maybe not right away. You know, most have families, and they got to get a job right away. And um, how am I going to pay my bills? And how am I going to feed my children? And their their transition. There needs to be a program that's created to help that transition because they're not being trans it's just one extreme you've known this lifestyle whether it be 4 years whether it be 20 years you've you've lived this military life for since you were a child since you were 18 19 whatever and you come and you put these kids into civilian life they're trained they're they're trained to do a job and for them to ask for help they won't do it so we sit there and we watch them struggle or fall or crash. And as a mom, I don't want to watch more people struggle than what we have to, because there's a lot of people in this world. <laughs> and I feel that if everybody contributed just a little bit of some kind of kindness or compassion, the world would be a better place, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I know we're not going to create world peace at this point, but you know, it, it starts with the little things thinking a veteran, Hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Um, are you hungry? Can I buy you a sandwich? I mean, just little, little things. They don't, they're not asking you to buy them a mansion or, you know, that just gratitude. They're very, very underappreciated.
0: You know, I agree. Um, I'm thankful for my uncle, rest in peace. When I was a very young boy, he told me, he says, you know, never have too much pride. And he said, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he says, well, you're either gonna hear yes or no, and no isn't gonna kill you. And I think pride gets in the way. And, and I think what makes it really tough on the veterans is when they do get back, um. They don't even have full support from the people that's supposed to be representing them. You know, we can go and give foreign aid to all these different countries, just like during the pandemic, we've seen hundred million dollars go to this country, two hundred and thirty million dollars to that country for women to get IDs in Afghanistan, four hundred sub million to Iran for gender recognition programs. And it's like, look a minute uh people are being forced out of work small businesses are folding people can't even pay their dang mortgages car payments and you're giving what and we're getting 1600 dollars checks um something is wrong here so i can i can just imagine the hardship from these veterans and i want to really thank you for creating a nonprofit to help uh, the men and women out in uniform, because um, it, it seems like our government cares to help other countries more than to help their own. So I really want to thank you for that.
1: Thank you. It's, it's Dylan's way of giving back and um, to keep his name going and know that He died for a service of saving lives and he's going to continue to give whatever he possibly can in his honor. And that's all I can do at this point for my son is to keep honoring him and people acknowledge the 13 on a positive note and not Republican Democrat vote, you know, that kind of thing. Just know that they were all out there doing a great thing. They were saving lives. They weren't taking lives. They weren't hurting people. They were saving as many people as they possibly could and they need to go appreciated for that. Not for if you're a Republican or a Democrat or if you're purple or green. Those those our our military is focused on the goodness in their hearts and not what we're seeing on the outside. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, we gotta shatter everything that these people try to divide us in. And it's really obvious now and it's good. And as long as we keep reminding people and and speaking on it, we're gonna definitely make change. And I just wanna say, you don't look a day of 44. And (laughs) if you're ready to get into Q&A, we definitely can go into Q&A. Sure. All right, it looks like Surf Resurrected does have a question. And if anyone else has a question, press the middle button and we can call upon you in order and surf resurrected. You are now on the
3: blessings, man, blessings, family, bro. And I just want to say, thank y'all for uh, shining the light. And uh, I appreciate every one of y'all getting that truth out there and loving because you both said something. Pride does come before the fall and also that loving frequency when you Give and love. What the misses was talking about, um, Cheryl Rex. What, yeah, that frequency lifting everyone up to that that joy and love of life and, and love of people and the the natural order of things, not the new age uh, conscious awareness of of that's how they created all this. Right now, was being uh, having a bunch of people consciously thinking about same things and they manifested this evil. But if we can consciously bring up people and consciously love them, even when they're they're hard to love, then we can bring everyone up, conscious manifest the God on earth as it is in heaven. So I appreciate y'all. Love y'all.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that. And if anybody else has a question, if you can press the middle button with the hand raised, we can call on you in order. And uh, if any admin has a question or would like to speak with Cheryl, please go ahead. Camera girl, you're on mute. Cheryl,
1: I just want to say that um, thank you for being on here and sharing your story and Dylan's story. And you are such, um, you really are such an inspiration. I'm a single mother too. And just to hear your story and how you brought up your children and all that you've gone through. And you're still an inspiration fighting for these vets and fighting for what's right. And um, I just, again, it's just, thank you. There's no question. Um, you know, and anything I can do to help support you and your nonprofit. Um, I'm Wait for Mike to send that to me. And, you know, I'd love to help you any way I can. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you so much.
0: If anybody else has a question or would like to speak with Cheryl Rex, please press the little big button and we can call upon you in order. Diane, you're unmuted.
2: Hi, Cheryl. I just wanna thank you so much here. I love your spirit and your heart. And, and just your courage, you're just a stellar being. Uh, my son uh, was in the Marines, too. And they had the
1: wo- uh, Wounded Warrior Project that really helped him
2: with his transition. And I'm wondering if that's no longer available or if it's available out there. Do you
1: know? It did. so here we had, um, I believe there was 48 total wounded from Afghanistan. And here on um, the base that's close to us is Camp Pendleton. We had 18 of them. Um, I'm really close to most of them. Um, and they all did, and had everything support-wise in Wounded Warrior. Their support was the transition from Wounded Warrior to civilian world. So most of them um, are just getting out within the past few months. Um, took them two years. Um, they had the therapy sessions. They had their um, everything that they possibly needed. They did, um, I don't know how to say it. I felt that they were thriving in Wounded Warrior um, and they were close to me. I could still go see them and stuff like that, their families. Um, Wounded Warrior is an amazing thing and I know that they struggle financially, especially during COVID. Um, some of the things during COVID that were being displaced were some of the doctors. Um, I don't know, the therapist, stuff like that. So I know the Wounded Warrior, <laughs> I would love to support Wounded Warrior 100%. I know I, I personally can't do it by myself. Um, a lot of people do contribute to Wounded Warrior. And the 18 that we'd had here, they did amazing in Wounded warrior. So yes, we do have it. And, um, sometimes <laughs> well, I, I don't want to be like, Hey, but sometimes I wish that it continued. It needs to continue after they leave wounded warrior because their transition out of wounded warrior. Now they're going into civilian worlds without the same immediate needs that were being met there on base. Now they're struggling to find a therapist. Um, I have a couple of them that were struggling. They get so frustrated with the therapist on the civilian side because some of them will go to a new therapist and they'll say, I don't know anything about Afghanistan. What are you talking about a withdrawal? And so the boy, the Marines will say, well, if you don't know about the 13 and you don't know about Afghanistan, you don't know about the withdrawal. How are you going to help me as being a a, a wounded or a veteran from the situation? You can't help me that way. So they stopped you know, stop going. Um, society on the outside is completely different than the services they receive on the inside. Um, Wounded Warrior is an amazing, I met so many, I met the doctors, I met, you know, because I was close to the boys, um, amazing people down there, uh, very supportive on their families, their their wives, their childrens. like they're just, them mentally, everything that those, that they endured, um, they had a lot of support through a wounded warrior. It's the getting into civilian that I was referring to that they need more support on. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: Kelly, you're up.
2: Hi, how are you? Um, just a I was a little bit late, I apologize But I just had a few quick questions Kind of lighthearted questions But um I know your says not political things But your emotions, how did you feel And did you see Biden Correct, did you see him Like the um And um Like how were your, how was your Like I don't know, I feel angry I think I just, I would of course And do you get what the i uh, asked another person about this do you have a support group with the with the other moms and dads that lost their children and i'm sorry what happened to you
1: thank you so we'll start with uh,
2: biden i'm i
1: was disgusted when i had to meet him i didn't want to meet him um i chose to stand there and meet him on behalf of my son and my country Um, I made it be known that that's why I was standing there in front of him. He was very disrespectful to myself and my son. Um, he didn't didn't acknowledge him. He didn't thank me for my son's service. He didn't, um, say his condolences. He made it all about him and, and his son (laughs) who passed away saying that he knew how I felt, um, because his son was brought home in a flag draped coffin, um, he, we were on the tarmac and we were receiving our kids' um, caskets, and he's watching his watch as if he had somewhere else to go. Well, maybe if he wasn't two and a half hours late, um, we were waiting for two and a half hours because he wasn't arriving um, apparently. <laughs> so, if I, you know, he just disrespected the entire situation. So, as a person, I will always discredit his. Um, him as a as an individual, I, his administration, the same way, they never reached out. They never asked for support. They, um, none of them. And none of those people in the current administration have any respect for anything that was going on um, during the entire time. Um, I tried. So I actually, uh, when we left over as a mom, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know these people. I thought, oh my gosh, there's 13 families out of billions of people in the world. There's only 13 of us. I have to find these families. I don't know them all. I met them for less than 24 hours. I don't know their names. I don't know. I went on social media and I tracked as many of them as I possibly could down and added them as my friends and told them who I was and we ultimately have 12, um, we have one family that, um, uh, is uncontactable, (laughs) um, but we have 12 of us and all I did in the very beginning is create a group chat. So, um, if anybody wanted to be able to talk, it was, you know, relationships were formed out of that. I, I do not personally talk to them, um, every day or regularly or anything like that. I did in the beginning. I tried really hard to check in with them, especially some of the moms that were really, really quiet in the very beginning. I would say, hey, how are you holding up today? Or, hey, you know, is there anything I can help you with? You want to talk? Or, I, I, I see, you know, this post. Are you okay? Um, some won't. <laughs> some aren't going to. Um, All I knew what to do, like I said, was to pull them together, whether they were going to communicate with each other or not. I mean, everybody's household, you got families that are, you know, every which way. So you can't just pull 13 people off the street and say, now you're in this group and you're all best friends. It doesn't work that way. We have something in common um, about our children. We have some of us, a handful of us have same ultimate goals of getting accountability and getting the answers we want. Um, But you'll see if you do follow anything that goes on with the 13, you'll see probably the same faces over and over. And it's usually about anywhere from six to eight of us.
2: No, thank you. And we appreciate everything and thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you
0: if anyone else has a question harry i do know i seen your hand was raised earlier maybe that was an accident um if no one has a question or would like to speak with cheryl at the moment i will not hold her up because i know we're well over an hour now and uh, i really appreciate your time
1: thank you i appreciate you guys listening
0: well it looks like uh they're gonna let you go easy tonight. And uh Cheryl, like I said, you're an admin in this group now. Um, any information you want to share, uh, feel free to share it on the wall. Uh whenever we have a chat. If you're bored, um down and out, we see the chat open, just hop on and we can have a good old conversation. And it's it's better, you know, and this is way better than Facebook, Twitter, and most social media sites because yeah you can message with each other but you can't actually speak like speaking is just it's awesome and um like i said i appreciate you and this is now your platform so whatever you need to share uh please feel free
1: thank you love to get you guys um involved with some of the things i mean if we don't pull together from all over the place um it'll stick into a little bubble and I don't want to be stuck in that little bubble because our 13 didn't, they weren't stuck in a bubble. They were out there in the whole world and we need to get their names recognized. And in doing that to honor them is to honor someone else. And that's my goal right now is just to keep their memory alive. Dylan's name alive. Um, Uh, again, I can't speak for all of them, but I would love every one of the 13 to always be remembered and honored. Um, And all we can do is just pull everybody together and start giving back. And that's how people are going to remember.
0: Absolutely. Stay in touch. And uh, like I said, those Marines that would want to come on and um, be heard and and let their story out, uh, contact me. You got my information and I'd love to have them.
1: Great. I'll let them know. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. And have a good night. And thanks again.
1: Thank you. You guys too.